for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. Inviting you back into my house, Rosie on the House, with a little toe-tapping Cajun music. Good morning. I wanted to visit with y'all this hour. You know, the, the topic on everybody's mind really is kind of the our big utility bills are going to be happening here over the next four months. And everybody's wanting to know, what can I do to cut those bills down? What can I do to keep from having to go, you know, 500 $550, $600 a month just trying to stay comfortable in my home? And one of the things that came out about... 40 years ago, was a product that we call outsolation. Up until then, when we wanted to stucco a house, we would stretch black paper and chicken wire over the outside of the studs. That's called a lathing material. And then we'd apply three coats of stucco. We'd apply the scratch coat, the brown coat, the texture coat, all needing to be done on different days. It was a very long process in the in the home construction build schedule it was really one of the longer lasting things and you had to do it in in a way that the guys hanging the drywall weren't cracking the stucco on the outside so you had to lath it and get it dried in then you had to insulate it then you had to hang the sheetrock then you had to come in do your scratch and your brown and it was messy 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 i mean bags of cement and you were spraying it on the wall and about that early 80s late 70s uh, he came out as actually a local stucco contractor in, in Maricopa County. He invented a system where we weren't going to use so much cement and sand. We were going to start using an acrylic product. And rather than put it on in three coats, we were going to put it on in one coat. And you actually just spread and texture all at the same time. And theory was we we're going to have a lot less cracks that way because it's not cementitious. It's based on acrylic. And then we're going to put that over a foam board instead of lath. We're going to hang this foam board to the outside of the stud, stretch chicken wire over the top of that, and then apply the acrylic stucco. And the acrylic actually bonds to the foam chemically, so you've got a good, strong bond there. And it was called Western One Coat is what it was called when we first started. And then more sophisticated systems came out called Drive It and Stow Wall. And we were actually moving the insulation that we used to be putting inside the wall cavity and taking a part of that with the one-inch rigid foam board high density to the outside, we discovered that we were actually an R7 one-inch foam board on the outside of the house was equivalent in effectiveness to about an R11 inside the wall because it was keeping the thermal dynamics completely out of your house. I tell people all the time, they, they, they ask me if I'm building a home or if I'm remodeling a home, what should my insulation values be? You know, and a lot of people overreact. You know, they think, well, if I get an R40 or an R50 in my outside walls, that's just going to be perfect. Well, you're, you're, you're wasting a lot of money accomplishing that because the highest R value you can get on your windows is about an R4. There are some windows... Uh, Pella, if you have the internal 
blinds. The triple pane with the internal blinds, right. you know, you wood can, frame. You can get up to an R7, R8, but a typical window, good grade window, is going to be about an R4. And so when you put this R50 or 60 wall up and you punch a bunch of R4 holes in it, the R60 isn't doing anything for you. If, if you could build a house, Romy, that was an R, a perfect R10 envelope all the way around on every side, you would have probably the most efficient, cost-effective, economical-to-build, economical-to-live-in house on the planet. But we can't get there. We're still limited by the holes we punch in our envelope with doors and windows. So, outsolation was one way that we could increase the efficiency. It got a bad rap, and I want to go into that in a little while, but we've had Bob hanging for a while. I'd like to go ahead and get Bob. When I get Bob, there are other open lines. If you want to get in, visit about your home, give us a call, and let's see what we can't help you with. The number's 1-888-767-4348. easy way to remember that is 1-888-ROSIE. For you, R-O-S-I-E, the number four, and the letter U. Bob, good morning. Thank you for calling Rosie on the house. And thank no you. No problem, Rosie. Hey, thank and thanks for being so patient, buddy. What, well, how can I help you now that I got you, man? I, I, I'm, I, you woke me up. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I've been calling around in my attic before. Uh, you know, a rookie homeowner, or I wouldn't say rookie, but a uh, not a professional contractor. And I notice, I think they're called O'Hagan vents. It's a tile roof, and there's, you know, some vents where the, um, they look like tile. Yeah. Underneath those vents, all the insulation is blown out. It looks like a bomb went off and just divots. So as a homeowner, how would you recommend to go up there and re-spread that insulation? Well, uh, just by doing that, using a a, 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 uh, a ruler and seeing how deep does it consistently sit throughout the rest of the attic, moving it back into a, an even blanket. And then what you may want to do is take like some bird netting, Bob, and spread over the top of that. It's the backdraft coming through the Hagen vents that are kind of blowing those pockets out of there and a little bird netting right there would help hold some of that in place. Here's here's a, here's an interesting thing about attic insulation, Bob. Let's let's say your house is 2000 square feet and it's perfectly insulated perfectly at an R30 or an R38 up in the attic. But you want to put in some speakers in the living room. So you crawl up there and you move a little insulation away and you cut the the holes in the ceiling and you put your speakers in and then you run your wires if 5% of your insulation is disturbed, it destroys the entire efficiency of the entire attic by 50%. Wow. So if you've just disturbed 5% of the area, you're 50% less effective than you were because you've created this huge thermal bridge that allows the heat and the cold to move through that disturbed area, creating hot spots. It's like opening a door or opening a gate valve that allows that energy 
to, to transfer between itself. So get up there, level it out, throw down some bird netting to kind of keep it held in place, and it'll, you'll be a lot more comfortable. Thank you. Okay, man. And you had mentioned just waking up, I think. Um, I think I woke him up. He fell asleep on, on hold. On hold. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think, okay. Well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, don't don't wake up at 10 o'clock and start this project right now. The, Good you're going to be toast by then. Wake up at 5 o'clock. Heck, it's, it's even lighter, like quarter to 5 right now. You know, as soon as you've got enough light to see, get up there uh, and get it done because – even if you waited until it cooled off at night, it takes hours for your attic to cool back down. Yeah, it does. And 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 the attic early morning project. The attic scares a lot of people. Um, and insulation's fairly cheap, and an attic can get to 160, 170 degrees in the middle of the summer. And people think, well, if I can just cool my attic off, I will reduce the air conditioning load on my home. And so they start putting in a bunch of ventilation fans up there in the attic to suck the hot air out. And that's one of the scams that we talk about <laughs> in our blog of yesterday that you can find on our website, rosielnows.com. Ladies and gentlemen, homeowners of Arizona, let me tell you just one more time. Never, ever, for any reason, Put a fan in your attic that has power running to it to suck the air out of your attic. It doesn't work. No, it does. <laughs> it sucks the air out of your attic, but it also sucks the air out of your air-conditioned air right up through the ceiling. There's plenty of penetrations between your drywall and your light fixtures and the return. You know, all every area where... You've got your air conditioning uh, ductwork connected through the drywall. All of those penetrations, it's gonna it sucks the air conditioning out of your home into your attic and then blows it out the roof. Mother Nature hates an imbalance. And when you suck air out of the attic, you're creating a negative pressure that must be rebalanced. And it's trying to rebalance itself by sucking every place it can suck. And that's the ceiling fan junction box in your bedrooms. That's the exhaust fans in the bathrooms and the kitchen. That's the recessed cans in the living room and everywhere else. Do not ever power ventilate your attic. Passive ventilation is perfectly okay because it's operating within the balance of itself. Every ounce every square cubic foot of air that's coming in the attic is transferred out the attic naturally by convection and air movement. Don't ever power ventilate your attic. And people say, well, Rosie, it's a solar-powered fan. Perfect. You're not paying anything to suck the air conditioning out of your house. That's a great move, right? Never power ventilate your attic. So appreciate the call. We've got Rusty calling in Buckeye. He wants to know 
Well, how thick should this outsolation be? So we'll get to Rusty's phone call right after this short break. Jennifer, our call screener, is waiting for your call at one 767 We'll be right back. Well, we've got the lines loaded, and we're going to shoot through them. But the one important thing I, I don't know that I stressed enough in our article about outsolation, it is June. It is roofing month. You know, the roof is the biggest exposed area of our home, so that's the biggest area to go to outsolation. But it's not limited to just the roof. You know, sunscreens, that's outsolation. You're insulating right. outside your home. Awnings. If you don't have sunscreens, that's outsolation. Extending your roof line, like this picture we have on the blog of this California-style home where it's got three inches of eaves, well, stick that roof line out a foot to create shade on the entire wall of your home. That's outsolation. All of those a things. A shade tree is outsolation. It is. A trellis with a vine protecting your south wall. That's outsolation. Stop the heat, stop the light from hitting your home. And people ask me all the time, what are some of the easy things to do to save on energy? And, Romy, that picture you put in our blog of the electrical outlet uh, was genius. Because if, if people will stop to realize, if you walk around the outside of your house and look at every electrical outlet, the switches and the receptacles, not only on the outside of the house, but on the outside walls inside the house, and... On a hot, hot day, you can actually put your hand there and feel the heat coming through it. So I tell people if if you'll just spend a morning and about $15 in good caulk, you can do the same as closing one window at your house in the middle of the summer in an afternoon. Go around and remove the trim plate from the switches and the receptacles and apply a little bead of caulk between the junction box and the stucco or the siding or the sheetrock, whatever it is, and close off that thermal bridge that's being used by the heat to gain access to your house. Most homes will have as many as 12 or 14 or 16 J-boxes on their outside wall. When you finish caulking all of those the way it's shown in our blog, it is the same as closing one open window. And you'd never open a window on a June afternoon with it 110 degrees outside, would you? So here's one really easy thing virtually everybody can do and... People ask, well, should I replace the air conditioner? Okay, but spend these $15 first. All right, let's let's get to the phone. And that picture, Jen actually put that picture together. Jen, Miss Jen Gura? She did. Well, that is a great picture. Let's go to Rusty, calling from Buckeye. We've got Rick and Wayne. Rusty, good morning. How can we help you, my friend? Hey, guys. So I'm uh, looking at taking off the uh, – I've got T111 siding on my house, and I'm looking at taking that all off and then adding the – uh, outsolation, and then stuccoing on top of that. Okay. Um, but I want to know on on thickness is if one inch is good, is two inch better, is three inch great? You know. Yeah. Is there a difference there? And then also on the attic that you guys just touched on, I understand sucking air is is not good. But what about if you force air back in through a 
uh, swamp cooler for the attic, and what about radiant barrier on the underside of the roof trusses? Okay, lots of questions here. Uh, let's start with the wood siding. Is it what condition is it in? It's in pretty good size. It's pretty good condition. We just there's the house is built '97. It doesn't match the neighborhood. Okay. That it's in. Um, it's just a custom home amongst three other custom homes on a farm area. So okay. Well, Rusty, there might make it nicer. Okay, there might be a great argument for applying some tie wrap around that siding and put the insulation right over the top of the siding. Yeah, one more, okay. one more material is just one more thing that the heat has to pass. Through. Exactly. So. Just leave it on there. Whatever you're going to do, do it to the outside of that. And and is this something you're going to do yourself, Rusty? Most likely, yes. Okay. All right. Well, it's very critical around the door and window openings when you're applying this outsulation that it's properly flashed. And I don't know if you're going to do like little pop-outs around the doors or windows, but, yes. do, but do a bit of research on that. Wherever you're buying the outsulation – Ask them for the flashing details, okay, and follow those details very, very carefully. And I would tell you that it won't be worth the money to put any more than one inch on. Once you go beyond a one-inch board, it gets pretty pricey. One inch is standard. You can get one-inch uh, extension boxes for all of your J-boxes that are on the outside of the house. It's easy to work with. Uh, no reason to go any more than that, okay? Okay. Okay, so that's your outsolation. Okay, but I'm also going to tell you, you need, before you do anything else and spend any more time or thought on doing a stucco, you need to look at Echelon. They have the Enduramax oh, wall system. <clears throat> There's that's a, great a countless number of reasons I would do this over stucco. Stucco cracks. You need to paint stucco. You got to repair stucco. Stucco is not waterproof, and most people don't realize that. The Enduramax wall system, you have a variety of styles, designs, stone. It's it's outsolation. These products are colored all the way through, so you never, if you ever have any chipping or something cut off, it's not like you've got this big eyesore on the side. Well, we're going to send you this link. Hang tight. I know you had other questions. You had other questions. Keep answering those. But during this break, if you can get to a computer, you've got to look at this system. And if in 0.2 seconds you're not convinced this is better, I'll let you take me to task on then on the other side of this break. All right. Rusty had several projects he wanted to talk about. Outsulation was one. Attic insulation and ventilation was another. Um, and we're we're getting taken to task. I'm guessing by an engineer. Uh oh, what did I say? Quite often, you use the term negative pressure. I do a lot. But there's no such thing as negative pressure. Oh, I hate that. The proper term would be pressure differential or area of lower pressure just an observation from lance thank you lance <laughs> i guess you i guess you can't have negative pressure right there's no there, yeah that's probably true technically speaking you can't have less than zero pressure right, <laughs> right? 
So. But it's easy to understand. Negative Layman pressure. terms. Yeah. But I do appreciate it, Lance. That is very, that is very, very true. All right. And I have sent uh, Rusty a link to the wall system. The outsolation wall system that, when done, is a stone-looking product. Absolutely like gorgeous. Like a stone veneer. And yeah. Yeah, like you said, it is and it's so very much prettier. Easy. It's, it's a good DIY project. That's what was my next point. It's a much prettier finish than stucco and a lot easier to install. Uh, stucco is very hard to consistently get an even mud spread across the wall. If you if you yeah. haven't done stucco, it is it is hard to do it right. That's for sure. Let's see if we can get back to the calls. Rusty, I, we did we didn't Rusty couldn't hang on. Okay, but he um, wanted to know. Okay, if I, if I, if it's not good to ventilate an attic with negative pressure, can I just blow a bunch of air in on one side and positively charge it? Get positive pressure charge it. So, Rusty, the go ahead. Yeah, oh, oh, I was gonna say, if you go to RosieOnTheHouse.com, there is a current topic link in the quick links on the homepage, and you can click Enduramax wall system and see the screenshot of exactly what the system is. And like I said, it. It wouldn't take you a split second to see that that's a superior a good solution looking. to stucco. So his secondary question is, well, why can't I put an evap cooler up and charge my attic with c cool, moist air? You can, Rusty, and it will drop the temperature of your attic. But what most people don't realize is whatever temperature your attic is, only impacts your air conditioning bill by about 10% and only in the summer. So why would you put a $2,000 VAP cooler that's going to cost you water and electricity to ventilate your attic when you're, if you have a 2,000 square foot home, we call, you're going to have an electric bill every month, right? Okay. In the winter, it's going to be a little bit higher because you're heating. In the summer, it's going to be a lot higher because you're air conditioning. But about March and about October, we call those base loads. That's probably the lowest bill you get if you're an all-electric home. Take a look at those base loads. If you're a 2,000-square-foot home, your base load is probably somewhere around $100 or $125. Then in the summer, it just about doubles to about $200 to $250. So your air conditioning cost is about $100 to $125 per month in the middle of the summer. It costs the average Arizona homeowner about $500 a summer to air condition their home to a comfort level. Okay? $500 a summer, a year. Okay? So why would you spend thousands of dollars trying to change something that's only going to have a 10% effect on that. Your attic insulation represents 10%. Your attic temperature represents 10% of your air conditioning bill. $50 a year. So why are you going to spend thousands of dollars putting a VAP cooler up there? Why are you going to spend thousands of dollars putting a radiant barrier up there? Well, if you're smart and you listen and you trust me, you're not. Just get your R30, R38, and be happy. And if you 
he had mentioned evap cooling. If he does have evap cooling in his home, there's a product called an updock. Yeah, baby. Because your pressure differential will occur if you're blowing air yeah. from an evap cooler into your home. It will build up pressure inside. And it's always recommended you have a window cracked somewhere or a door cracked to let that pressure exhaust. Well, an upduct is a spring tension duct that goes in your ceiling. And when that pressure builds up, it lifts. So that evap cooled air that's very cheap to create and blow into your home exhausts into your attic and then you know, just continues to push that out. So if you're evap cooling your home, an upduct will do that for you. Exactly. All right. I hope that helped answer a lot of questions you had there, Rusty. It sounded like you had quite a few projects going. We've got some people been holding very, very patiently. Let's get to Rick with a question on water heaters in Mesa. Good morning, Rick. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I got a question. Um, uh, in the summertime when it gets hot, should I lower my thermostat on my uh, – adjust my thermostat on my water heater and uh, when's it a good time to uh, drain that water heater out well how old is the water heater rick it's probably um well, i've been here two years and she probably maybe three years okay uh i tell people if your water heater is eight nine or ten years old and you've never drained it and you've never serviced it don't touch it <laughs> okay. Don't, okay. Don't, when you when you go in the laundry room, don't even look at it. Just ignore it. Mm -hmm. And the more you ignore it, the longer it lasts. But if it's a two or three year old water heater and it's never been drained, you still got an opportunity to greatly extend the life of that water heater by draining it about once a year. Okay. Okay. Now, when you drain it uh, the first time, there's going to be a, probably a good amount of sediment built up at the bottom of the tank. Sometimes it takes overnight to drain it. Okay, it gets clogged up so bad. The water hose that you attach to the little hose bib at the bottom of the water here gets filled with all that white chalk in there and just will not drain. But once it's drained, then what I want you to do is I want you to crack the water back on and the tube that the water comes in will then splash water in the bottom of the tank. Let that drain again. Do that three or four times, you know, rinsing it out really well until none of the white sediment's coming out anymore. Then you've really got it good and clean. Then fill it up, and, and you're good to go. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, shut down the water, uh, the uh, circuit on the, on the elements so they won't, you won't have no trouble with it. Yeah, you have to turn the heating elements off before you drain it. That is for sure. Okay. So do I do, do, can I bring my water heater uh temperature down now that it's summertime that's so we won't get so much hot water absolutely you can you can uh, i mean that's an easy adjustment to make you may have one therm therm thermostat you may have two a top and a bottom adjust them mm -hmm. both to the temperature that set it as low as your family can take it and it'll save you money okay boss you the man then thank you sir and then if i were you rick i'd put it on a timer uh and only let the water heater come on during off-peak hours uh, of your energy plan. Uh, my water heater never comes on on peak. My air conditioners never come on on peak. I keep my house at 68 degrees. My demand limit is kept at about a four. And in the middle of the summer, my 2,700-square-foot home cost me about 300 bucks to air condition. And that's with a swimming pool and everything. You're not going to get any better than that. 
push all your power consumption off peak. Gary, did you have a point? I, I was going to say, is that uh, for gas and electric? No, no, just if it's an electric. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. We got engineer bore going on over here. We got a texture. I don't have a name to uh, says, uh, no, there is negative pressure. It's called a vacuum. <laughs> okay, good, good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Another texture just said, "Hey, I have eight leftover upducks in my house. Never knew what they were till just now. <laughs> a vap cooler is long gone. Should I rip them out? Yes, absolutely. Or, or if nothing else, make sure there's at least ten inches of insulation. Yeah. over the upducks <laughs> in the attic. Absolutely, <laughs> get rid of them. Your all your air conditioning is going up those upducks. Okay, Wayne calling from Tucson. After Wayne, it'll be Peggy, and then we have an open line if you want to sneak in. One triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. We're here for you, the Arizona homeowner. Good morning, Wayne. Rosie. Hey, man. Thank you very much. Uh, Romy's answer on the pressure differential just shows you've educated that boy way too much. But anyways, uh, question I have for you. Uh, does it ever make sense, eight-year-old house, at least R30 in the in the ceiling, maybe R38, uh, the garage is not insulated. Does it ever pay to have it redone? Not in eight years. Uh, in, okay. You know, in in. 20 years in every every 15 to 20 years you may want to get up there and check it and make sure it hasn't okay. settled make sure it hasn't been moved around but okay you know, over the and course a clarification of years, on your your j box caulking would that uh expanding foam work as well on that it, yeah it can you have to be careful you know that's just a little bit trickier to use if if you're familiar with it uh that's fine we used to encourage people to do it but then people would call me back and they'd say well it dripped all down the stucco and it's stuck so hard now i can't get it off and I, when i paint over it it still shows so then i decided well okay let's just caulk it yeah. <laughs> but thanks if you're a, a, if a you're new orleans good question for you i grew okay. up in new orleans before air conditioning all we had was a in-house i lost him we lost well, Wayne. i can still hear him in my headset no nope. no nope. You know, that's always, us. No, it's not. That that is somebody. Hang hang tight. Well, his question was: Growing up in New Orleans before air conditioning, we had what were called whole house fans, and they're very common up in the Midwest as well. And he may be wondering: Would a whole house fan work in Arizona? I can tell you, if you don't mind living in a really dirty house, a whole house fan can work. But it's going to suck in so much pollen, so much dust. Uh, it's going to be messy. We don't encourage people whole house fans on the desert floor. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. Yeah. Now, a little different when you're on a bayou. A little different. <laughs> a little different. Yeah. Gary, you grew up with a whole house fan, didn't you? In Lafayette. Uh, yeah. 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 We had one. Yeah. It was great. And and then the next thing was uh, window air conditioners, right? Everybody got one in the bedroom. <laughs> that was prior to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to go over two houses down the way to see Mr. Osi. Yeah. And he had that. Uh, he had it in every room. Yeah. It was nice and cool. Oh yeah, man. I can I can remember those days. Let's bring Peggy into the conversation. Calling from Peoria. Good morning, Peggy. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Um, and I haven't heard of ducks in forever either, but I have about five of them in my house, and I'm going to make sure that I get them insulated. We no longer have. Um, we lost. We, we have really done our a, phones. This the morning. phone gremlins have just attacked us. The here. phone gremlins. Yeah. All right. So, 
I don't know what Peggy's question was. Uh, oh, yes, I do. Yes, I. Do. She has the abduct. She now knows to film. But her question that was posted on the board here was: Does it make sense to insert foam into windows that in rooms that aren't being used? And yes, absolutely. That Peggy, that can work really, really well. Get them up as tight against the glass as you can, and even apply a little packing tape to the outside seams. Careful what you're applying the tape to, because when you remove the tape, if it's a painted surface and the tape's been there a long time, it'll remove the paint as well. So, but blocking in windows uh, is is a great option. Uh, uh, make sure you have sunscreens on the outside, uh, and even if the windows can't be seen by anybody, uh, hanging uh, like aluminum foil on the outside of the window. Is about your best bet. Doesn't yeah, <laughs> doesn't stay there very long on the outside. Um, foil wise, you yeah. have to put something over it to, to well, keep you'd, it on there. But you, you'd buy an insulated value foil, and it uh, if and nobody, it does. Scream. Don't do that to your neighbor though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if my neighbor can see the window, don't hang that up. Yeah, and a lot of people will do that when they leave for the summer. So it does scream to a lot of people. Hey, this may be a house nobody's home in. Nah, so, good point. So All yeah, right. you can just be. Take those things into consideration before you do. All right. Going to go on a quick break. Come back for our final segment of Rosie on the House. We had a caller unable to hold on that asked a great question. He says, Rosie, when you're redoing your insulation, do you take the old out first? No, not generally. You don't have to. Uh, Generally speaking, we don't. Occasionally, we will but not on a regular basis. Just figure out what's there, how much you have, and then that'll tell you how much more you need to top it off with to get you back up to that R30, R38. And they do have vacuums for sucking yeah. out old yeah, insulation at the point it's just been up there for yeah. so long, and <clears throat> it makes sense to take that weight out before putting in a brand-new fresh bed of R39. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can get to Bonnie. She's got a, 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 a project she's trying to tackle around her home. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What are you trying to get done today? So I moved into a house built in 1940 in central Phoenix, and it's Adobe. Um, and I want to install some custom 5-inch baseboards throughout the whole home. And my question is, should I only nail the baseboards in, or should I nail and glue because of the adobe? And it's adobe on the inside? Mm-hmm. So they didn't fur out anything. You, and you're going to apply a wood, 5-inch wood baseboard to, a, that is a, correct. to an adobe wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're probably going to have to use a little glue. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you, you probably are. And then once that sets up uh, uh, and, 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 and you've nailed it in place, and what are you going to do at the outside and the inside corners? Is it a, is it a radius corner or is it a sharp 90-degree corners? Uh, sharp 90-degree corners. Okay, so you're just going to miter it around the corner. Correct. You're, you're, will you be painting this baseboard or is it stain yes. grade? Okay, painting. So then once mm-hmm. it's installed... Uh, Bonnie, you're probably going to have to do a tape caulk joint between the adobe and the baseboard to get a nice, crisp, sharp line. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so you apply the tape to the adobe behind the baseboard. You apply the caulk, mm-hmm. and while the caulk is still wet, you then take a knife, cut above the caulk, and remove the tape, and you will have the nicest, cleanest caulk joint you've ever seen in your life. And let that cure, and then you'll paint right back to that line, and it'll give you a nice, really sharp, crisp line. Great. Great. That sounds awesome. Hey, well, congratulations. Uh, uh, Adobe Home, historic Adobe Home in uh, what part of town? In Central Phoenix. Oh, that's nice. I I like the home, and I've never even seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's very, I mean, talk about energy efficient. Yeah. Uh, My electric bill this month was $63. (laughs) Woot, 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 woot. Can't get any better Mm -hmm. than that. I know. All right. Bonnie, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Folks, we'll be signing off here in just a minute, and over the course of this next week, if you'd like to get anything done around your house, home, castle, or cabin, and you'd like it done professionally installed, go to our website, rosieonthehouse.com. It's the number one contractor referral service in the entire state of Arizona. If you want a remodeling project at your home, there's only one place you can go to get it done Rosie Wright, and that's rosieonthehouse.com. If you're down in Pima County, Pinal County, Pima County, you'll give John Ruder a call at Assurance Builders. If you're out in the East Valley, you'll call Brad Christensen at BC Renovations. If you're in the East Central Valley, Scottsdale, PV, Arcadia, Carefree, you'll call Rosie Wright Remodeling. If you're in North Central Phoenix, you'll call Kirk Development. If you're in the West Valley, you'll call TWD. If you're up in Prescott, you'll call Tom Riley at Renovations. We got you covered. Flagstaff, JKC. Call JKC and Flagstaff. They'll all get it done. Rosie Wright. It's the only place you can go to get it done that way. It's uh, it's interesting what always ticks off. Uh, response, response feedback. What are, you you're reading a lot of emails that are coming in, huh? Well, We're, no. This is one email I'm trying to read through. Yeah. Do we have time? No. Okay. But Rick Cunningham in Oro Valley absolutely agrees with you on outsolation. And we get into technical terms of thermodynamics and law one and law two, and the Q over T, where Q is the heat flow. Your AC rate is removing the T, which is the temperature where the insulation is located. The higher the T, the lower the entropy production rate is for any given Q. (laughs) You want me to go on? (laughs) I'll post it online if you want to read it. But he gives a very scientific explanation of why. He absolutely agrees with us. Outsolation is key. Okay, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, we hope y'all have a great and, and blessed week. Don't get scared. We'll be back next Saturday. In the meantime, you can find us at rosieonthehouse.com.